Welcome to the Get Good at Presenting podcast with Lee Jackson. Hi, and welcome to episode four of Get Good at Presenting, the podcast with myself, Lee Jackson. Thank you very much, Penny Haslam, for the introduction. She put on a special BBC posh voice for me. So uh, Penny's a great speaker, and it's been great to get to know her over the last few years. So this is a special episode because one of my friends, Jeff Ram, who's a great business speaker, was in my city of Leeds. And he said, uh, why don't you come along and see me? So it was an open, free event. Often we get to speak at kind of closed events where people can't come. But this was an open event called Ambition North, great innovation business conference. So we got to actually um, spend a bit of time watching Jeff. And then I bumped into Phil Hesketh, who's another great speaker. And so we watched Jeff. So you're going to get a bit of about eight or nine minutes of Jeff's keynote talk with his permission. And then I'm going to talk to Phil about Jeff's talk and give some feedback about why it was so good. And then I've interviewed Jeff Ram as well to talk about speaking and how he does what he does so well. A lot of the stuff he does is because he's a great storyteller. So there's a lot of stuff about storytelling, a lot of stuff about slides, about authenticity, loads of great stuff. If you want to be a great speaker, this is the right place to be, definitely. Before we listen to Jeff, I need to give you a little bit of warning. I am learning all the time on this podcast thing, and I forgot to take the windshield for my uh, Zoom recorder. So you might find a little bit of wind noise here and there um, because it was a windy place. And there's also a couple of funny bits where you'll hear random guns and explosion going off in the background because we actually recorded it at the Royal Armouries where the conference was, and they have like displays and people shooting guns in the background so it's please don't be alarmed by that <laughs> we it was quite funny um to do it in that context but yes so there we go in a busy place in the wind while guns are going off in the background but hopefully you'll get some good stuff out of it and we've tried to edit it the best we can so let's uh go along and listen to jeff ram you'll get the introduction and then i'll have edited it into one of his key stories uh which is a train story uh, which i'm sure you'll enjoy so here we go here's jeff he's challenged and inspired audiences across six continents to create award-winning out ideas to outperform the competition you're really in for some seriously cool knowledge here um, he's recently been featured in Forbes. His clients include Emirates, Specsavers and McDonald's, which you'd not normally hear in a single sentence. But uh, if you're ready to create a customer experience that has you talked about for decades, you've got the whole seat, but you're only going to need the edge. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> please give a fantastic Ambition North welcome to Jeff Ram. <laughs> Let's look at excitement. You see, celebrity is, the, is, is, is not just a, a term. Celebrity is a nine-stage plan. Celebrity stands for consistency, excitement, love, engagement, bravado, response, independence, thank you, and you and your team. Nine components you can look at to completely outperform the competition. The first E is excitement. Quick question for you. Can you build a level of excitement into every single client customer touch point? That was an interactive question. <laughs> I, I, I heard, absolutely, Jeff, you wouldn't believe it. Yes, yes. Can you build a level of excitement into every single touch point? Yes. Of course you can, but it's a choice. And so many of your competitors choose not to. For excitement, see smile on face. That's all it is. 
Put a smile on the face. Do something unexpected. Excite that customer. A year ago, Haley, my wife, and Grace, our daughter, they went to see Matilda. They got on the train from Newcastle, and they went down to King's Cross. They went to see Matilda, matinee performance, and then they got the late train back. So they're out for the day. Elliot, our son, and myself, we're having breakfast around the table about 8 o'clock in the morning. Elliot turns to me and says, Daddy, can we go on a big train? I said, yeah. We're not going to go to London. Three and a half hours, and then three and a half hours back, a bit of a crazy day. But he wanted to go on a big train just like his sister. He loves trains. So we went up to the ticket office, the Virgin Ticket Office, which is now LNER, same staff, up at Newcastle <laughs> Station. And this is Elliot, this is our son. And uh, I walked into the ticket office, lady behind the counter, and I walked up and I said, uh, next big train, please. What? This, is what? this is my life, this is what I'm just... It's next big train. She said, where to? I said... I just want an hour's journey. So an hour south of it's like kind of York or an hour north is kind of Berwick. Just want to take my son on a big train. So whatever next big train you've got. <laughs> so she looked on the computer. She said, oh, in 11 minutes time, there's a train going to Edinburgh, stops off at Berwick. I said, jump in, I'll have two tickets. She said, how old's your son? He's four. Under fives are free. He doesn't need a ticket. Ka-ching! It's good. It's good news. Good news for me as a customer. How many of us in this room see the opportunity to deliver some good news for the for your customer? You can't <coughs> take it. We we'll all do that. And how many people go one step further? Because this is where celebrity lies. He doesn't need a ticket. Under fives are free. But I think you'd like a ticket. What's his name? Elliot. She took out a blank piece of card. She picked up a biro. And she wrote three words. She said, there you go, Elliot. His face lit up. We walked outside. I said, are you okay? He said, Daddy, look. (sighs) (laughs) She held it up. And I took the following photograph. <laughs> Did you hear that? Amongst you. There was about six people went. You started with a tut. Oh. And everybody else didn't do a thing. For those people I went, oh, you get it. You get what this looks like. This is what it looks like. Everybody else was silent. I know what you're thinking. That's a waste of card. <laughs> Save the tree, Jeff. Shut up. <laughs> Chop them down for stuff like this for me all day. But we don't get this all day, do we? How rare is this? I took this photograph. Ladies and gentlemen, what did I do with this photograph? Anybody? Shout out. Tweet it. Yes, I tweeted it to at uh, Virgin Trains, East Coast, West Coast, every flipping coast. I tweeted it. It was liked, shared, and commented to 2.2 million followers. What else did I do with it? So tweet was one. Keep going. Use this in this presentation. Absolutely. Content. Yes. I also put it on Facebook. It was my third biggest post of 2017. 
We had a horrible day in Barrack. <laughs> Have you been to Barrack? It's just like he was. Oh, he can't say that. No, no, just that. <laughs> the, the, the cloud formations are eight foot off the ground. <laughs> you, you, you walk around like Charlie Brown, like flipping rain and all the crazy. And it just just poured down as soon as we got off the train. And we looked at each other and went, "Nah, let's get on the big train back." So we went on the next big train back. And as we got back, uh, so yes. This is in the presentation, it's in the book, it's uh, Twitter and Facebook. The one thing I didn't have was a video. And it was kind of the last thing that I wanted to do to share this out. So we got back to the station, walked on the platform in Newcastle, and I recorded this video. Elliot makes a bit of a cameo appearance. Uh, I never knew the lady's name. She didn't have a name badge or anything. I didn't know her name. I was like, ah. Oh. But I did the video nonetheless, uploaded it to YouTube. And um, for those of you who follow me or go on YouTube, subscribe, there's over 100 videos that help you help yourself. There is, um, there's a comment from a young lady and it said, that was my grandma. She wrote Elliot's magic ticket. Hope you had a wonderful journey. Her name is Pam Thompson and uh, she was the very first recipient of a celebrity service star award. I've only ever given six of these out in my lifetime. Don't worry, you can't nominate yourself. <laughs> I'll find you. And when I find you, your greatness will never go unnoticed. That's what excitement looks like. How many of us are feeling creative right now? Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> The philosophy of celebrity. A story that helps to bring it to life. Now I'm going to give you a technique. A technique that, um, let me just say, every time a Finnair flight leaves Helsinki, they do this. Every time a Specsavers uh, branch anywhere in the UK, 85,000 members of staff do this in every monthly customer service uh, meeting that they have. This is something I'm extremely proud of. This is something that you can take back to your business with your mentor, with your managers, with your team, with your parents, your, your, your loved ones, and you can challenge them with what I'm going to do now. And I promise you one thing. You're going to come up with ideas from this one technique that the competition have never even thought about. This is how we can deliver fresh, creative ideas within your customer client experience. You're listening to the Get Good at Presenting podcast with Lee Jackson. Uh, so we've actually just sat and listened to one of our colleagues, Jeff Ram, who's a fellow of the PSA and a very popular conference speaker. What did you notice about Jeff that made him good? Well, first of all, he knew what his purpose was, and it was a very, very clear, simple message. He started with what the message was going to be. He gave us the message. Then guess what? He told us what the message was at the end. So we got it. It's, it's often known as the preacher's way of doing it. So that was excellent. The most important thing Jeff did was pause and allow people time to soak in the message. And he actually repeated some points to make sure. Because if we're not careful, we speak too quickly when we're on stage and we don't get it. So Jeff takes his time. He repeats himself and he goes back to his message. He was excellent. So so uh, when I work with people as well, get it, I talk about the pausing. I think everybody does who teaches presentation skills. So in your opinion, why is it that people don't feel able to pause when they're quite new or nervous 
Well, because they're nervous, Lee. That's the yeah. priority for, for people to try and get rid of the nerves. So they begin the speech because they're nervous. And so I tell people, just stop, pause, repeat. Stop, pause, repeat. And force yourself into slowing down because what seems like a long time on stage, two or three seconds pause, is actually a one-second pause. It just feels like a lot longer when you're on stage, a pause. And what I noticed with Jeff, and, and we've both has this technique as well one of the ways of the pause not being embarrassed is like jeff i noticed this morning when he paused he kind of made funny faces when he paused so there's you can't see it on audio obviously yeah, yeah. but <laughs> it's all about the eyebrows <laughs> it is it, just move your eyebrows all you've got to do is just lift your eyebrows up and and look at the audience and then frown with your eyebrows and you get a different expression or just Open your arms and show you the palms of your hands, you know. But the eyebrows have it. It's all about the eyebrows. <laughs> it's all about the eyebrows. Yeah, yeah. So uh, to tell us a little bit about when, when, you, what, what's your main subject that you get booked to, to speak about? I, I speak on the psychology of persuasion influence, which is kind of sales by another name. So uh, I get booked to speak on trust and how to get people to choose uh, rather than procrastinate. But the biggest single thing I get booked for is how to hold a high price. People tend to collapse when it comes to money. And so I give them special words and special techniques um, to, in order not so much to negotiate, but to hold a higher price. I see. And uh, how do people get hold of you? What's your website and stuff like that? Uh, if you Google me, uh, Philip Hesketh, that's the best way. But there's two of us. There's a, the conductor of the London Symphony Orchestra has got the same name as me, so don't get confused. My website's heskethtalking.com. Heskethtalking.com. That's great. So uh, we're going to have a chat with Jeff Ram in just a moment and, and uh, get some tips from him. So I appreciate your time, uh, Phil, and we'll, uh, I'm sure, catch up again soon. Great. Thanks, Lee. Cheers, mate. Right, so I'm here with uh, Jeff Ram. I've got him just at Ambition North Conference, and he's here, and uh, I've got him outside. So I thought, actually, while we're here, forget good at presenting the podcast, I thought I'd ask you some questions, Jeff. So, um, so the listeners are going to hear a little clip of you on stage because I with your permission I recorded a little bit of you but uh, just tell us like how did you how did you get around to because basically everything you do is based around story so how did you realize I guess the power of story in your present in your presenting the, the power of story league was is it, I, I get stories from everywhere I go literally everywhere I go so on the way to a gig on holiday go to a restaurant you know dropping the kids off at school whatever it may be and if something makes me laugh smile, puts my hand in my pocket, uh, makes me cry, you know, gets you emotion. If, if something gets you emotion, then I, I say, you know, I'm going to use that. And what I do when something grabs my attention, when something stops me in my tracks, is I'll record it. So I'll record in terms of taking a photograph, and then it, that may well turn into a video to go on YouTube. But that photograph, there may be two or three versions of that photograph. You're listening to the Get Good at Presenting podcast with Lee Jackson. You were talking about difference, the difference between the speakers, I guess, and comedians and people who don't speak and don't comed <laughs> is that they don't collect stories. What you're saying was, is that you, you basically, when something interesting happens in your life, yeah. you collect. Yeah. So anything, you know, and, and look, audiences love family stories. They love personal stories. And I've grown to know that more than, more, more than most. Now, when I deliver, my stories, all of my content is 100% my own, right? These, these are, they're not slides or photographs from, oh, you can find that on Google. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? I'm paying you for somebody else's stuff. So all of my stuff is, is me. And the great thing about that as well as another plus point is the audience haven't got a clue what's coming next. 
And that's the edge of your seat stuff. Now, when I did the Hamley story, which you might be on this interview, who knows, um, back in Dallas at the NSA conference that we, you were there last year as well, I had people that come up to me and said, oh, my word, oh, my word, that story about your daughter and about the paint, and oh, my word, and, and your facial expressions, and uh, who's your coach? I said, I said, you what? Who's your coach? You must have a coach. I went, no. Oh, yeah, but your eyebrow moved, and, and you looked so expressionate, and you, I said, I said, how do you do it? I said, because it's my story. And they said, yeah, but we, t-. I said, look, no, no. I said, and here's something maybe hopefully other people on this podcast may, may grasp is every single person, coach, trainer, mentor, anybody, audience. Oh, we love stories. You've got to have stories, right? I reckon a third of the people listening to this podcast have stories, all right? They're their own material, 100% their own material. I can guarantee you. Not many are in the story. And there's a difference between telling stories and being in the story. So when I'm in the story, um, I'm walking a certain way. I'm getting agitated in a certain way. I get angry in a certain way. And I really live that story with a bit of oomph. That's, that's a key. With a bit of oomph. Uh, so when I'm shocked, when I'm annoyed, um, I'll, I'll mouth something. I'm in the story. And I think the biggest takeaway for any speakers, and I'm not a speaker's coach, Lee, as you know, Biggest thing is, one, have stories. Biggest thing ever, be in the blooming story. That is what's going to set you apart. Okay. So we've just got some noisy people going past. We'll carry on. But we basically, so you, you, I think that's what I know is, is, is you're definitely in it. You're living every minute of that story, right? Always. Always. So I'm, I'm talking through that, 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 um, that travel. It's so noisy this, people today. Is this the loudest place on earth? It's like the M1, isn't it? This is like loud, loud leads, right? The, I don't even know, what was the question? You're in the story, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you've learned. So, but, so, I'm, I'm, so, so, you, so you haven't got a coach. You've lit, but I, no, I, guess, I guess wasn't but, there a point, because I saw you speaking maybe seven years ago yeah. when you did a side seminar. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the last speaker who didn't do stories. We just shot the bugger. <laughs> We are. We are at the Royal Armouries, and someone's literally just let off a gun. This is the most random interview. Well, we're going to keep going, Jeff. Well, I saw you about seven years ago. Yes. And you, but you did a side session at the Professional Speaking Association, and you did the whole thing out of a. You used to have a black box. A tin, yeah. A tin box, yeah. and you just literally pulled out a prop. And so I saw you, but you, but since then you've developed it. I guess it's become more main stage. You've developed. So what what was the development of you doing a side seminar into you becoming like a keynote speaker? Interesting. That do you know what the the amount of travel that I do now to take that box around with me and the case and my laptop. <laughs> I mean, taking a black box anywhere now on a plane is a little bit difficult to what seven years ago. It's just developed, Lee. The stories that I tell can be a day old or they can be 10 years old, but they're still, I like to think, priceless and, and timeless, should I say, priceless. Yeah, so I had this black box and I had my brand on it. I was, I had this, it was, do you know what? It, it was a marketing box. Now I still have it in the loft of the garage somewhere in the house. I can't, yeah, yeah. can't physically get rid of it. The lock's all gone, but there you go. And I used to have a lot of marketing props in there. So what I used to do was start telling the story. And then I would, nine times out of ten, reveal what the answer was in the box. I'd bring it out and show people. So it was, it was a great, it was a great thing. It was, it was always, always, always full of props. Now I get just straight into the story, and the and the tagline or the punchline is always the slide I'm going to reveal next. 
So I tell the story. It's a setup, 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 bang. And the, the, the answer or the funny photograph or whatever it may be that you've seen on screen is kind of the new prop. Um, I still have props. I still have that prop today when I, when I got the children's book out on stage. And I look to read it and, you know, that goes with me everywhere if I do that story. Uh, and people say, oh, there's the book. There's the book yeah. that he's brought. He's brought it with us. He's, is he going to read something out of the book? And I open it and I say, the book wasn't for Grace and Elliot. The book was for me. And then I turn it and I show people, you don't have to read what's in the book because you'll not be able to see it. But rather than have that as a slide, I think that makes a nice prop. So I carry a lot less props than I used to, as you know. And, and to be honest with you, I didn't realize anybody, anybody noticed. <laughs> um, but I do carry props. But it, the, the power... I honestly think in it being a keynote speaker delivering and I'll only get this from the audience's reaction is we love the stories. We love, Oh my God, we've been to Hamleys. We've been on that flight. We, we've been in that hotel. That, that happened. I get people coming up to me and say, Jeff, that happened to us. That happened to us. We, we, we bought that same thing or that happened to us on, 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 on Twitter or whatever it may be. And that's great because people can see themselves in your story. So you're involving them in the story. You're making it fun. And I always try and see the fun and the quickness of everything. I would take the mick out of myself and things. Like, so the, the ice cream uh, slide that I showed today. Um, so I always try and see the funny side of everything. I always try and have a little funny little one-liner every now and then. Because we are in the entertainment business. And I've long believed, 10 years as a professional speaker now, if an audience member could walk out with ideas in their pockets, and a smile on their face. Job done. Great. So ideas are in their pocket. So so a talk should always have good takeaways. Yours did. It gave us two or three takeaways. And also the props. Also the props are really, are really, you know, make things a little bit more visual as well. And I think what was really interesting was the way that you, see, for you, that, that humour just sort of naturally, it's just getting noisy again. I'm going to say, I'll wait. This is the noisiest place. I do apologise. I'll try and edit it. Um, but the um, the other thing is is that I think people are way too serious when they're speaking. And I don't think I don't think you're a stand up comedian. No. Now you you used to, you know back in the days you probably compared yourself to Peter Kay or Billy Connolly that kind of thing. You've got that style, but there's a distinct difference that when you speak, you should try and be funny if it's appropriate. But you're not a comedian. Do you know what I mean? The difference. Yes, I, it's really interesting. Lee. A few things have happened over the years. I would say. Back in the day when we first met, I, I once had I had somebody come up to me at an event in the UK and they said, I didn't know if I was watching a stand-up or a business presentation. Now, I'll be honest with you, I took offence to that. I was like, <laughs> I'm a business presenter. I'm a, I'm a professional business person, don't you know? And quite a few people have said this over the last, I would say, four or five years where people have come up and said, have you ever thought of doing stand-up? Have you ever? And I'm like, no, I can't remember a joke to save my life. I, I, I'm not that person. I, where, where I used to take offence to it, I, I I love it now. I love the fact that people thought, and it could be a great comedic hour or three hours or forty minutes, whatever keynote or session it is. But... Can you remember where you were <laughs> the day Lee and Jeff were shot in Leeds? I mean. As a professional speaker, Lee, you take us to all the great we do. interviewing places. This is quite unbelievable. So I think there's a clue in the title. When I went to the Royal Armouries, I didn't realise there was actually going to be a gun display outside the thing. 
This is great. And so, yeah. So, look, I, I, I love to have fun. And when I see my audiences smiling and I'm fun, that, that feeds me and I, I love it. So when I deliver an iron and it laughs or people raise an eyebrow, it's wonderful. And we learn, we learn when we smile. We learn when we laugh. They always say the greatest teachers, the greatest teachers that you remember at school right now, all those years ago, the ones that made you laugh. Yeah. That, that, those were the people. And I remember people from that day and they had one thing in common. Put a smile on your face in that hour. Cause really, do we want to be in that room in that hour? Make it fun. Make it fun. Make it real. We do real with stories. Be in the story. Have fun with the story. Yes, you can be serious. And I've got some serious stuff. But dear Lord, I, I, I always twist it. Because, uh, look, all I'm, all I'm saying here is to anybody listening to this podcast is, I'm only sharing with you what I hear from audiences and what they love. And it's the stories. It's the fun. It's the fact that they can take these ideas that I'm talking about and go flip a neck. We can do that. We can put that into our business tomorrow. And there's the results and there's the takeaways from your talk. And at the same time, we'll have to our bloody heads off. Great. So you have good content that's wrapped up in good stories and then we're able to give takeaways. So fantastic. So there's just two or three quick things to finish. <laughs> Another gun. Um, what I noticed was a couple of things. One is I noticed that you, you don't swear when you're on stage. <laughs> no, but you almost swear yeah. by kind of pausing and almost looking like you're going to swear, and I thought yeah. it was really clever. Thank you, thank you. I um, <laughs> I know the point that you that you're making, and it's uh, yeah. I I mouth two words. Yeah, yeah. The second one being the opposite to on, and the oh, going back to Dallas, people said, you know how how you know, how did you do that, and how did I right. But I was in the story. But how do I tell the audience what I'm thinking? Because if I was to say, and, and, and this is what I thought, I'm like, it's boring. So I've got to show you what I was thinking, and I do it by not talking. But when I mouth it, people get what I was thinking. So it's kind of a pause, but you're, you're showing that you're angry, and it just really worked. I thought that was really clever. Because a lot of people, there's a lot of debate, should you ever swear on stage? No, absolutely not. Look, I, I never do. No, I, I don't. I don't. You, you can say the odd bloody G wallet. You know, I, I understand that if you get really agitated. I do know speakers who speak on stage. They, they, they're very well paid and they keep doing it. There are some instances in life and in your talk where you go, you know what? If a real tragic incident's happened or something incredible's happened, you, you've got to share that, that, that outpour of emotion and that outpour of emotion. I bet you nine times out of ten's a bloomin' swear word. <laughs> So no, no, I would never advise anybody to swear on stage. What I do very differently is mouth it. But I've only ever do, I only ever do it the once. I wouldn't mouth then every bloomin' story. You'd sit in the same thing. So it's like, is is he all right? Is yeah, he, is he okay? Yeah. So just the once. Yeah, it's just the once. So it's not it's not like crazy anger. But, but of course, you know, when when I go quiet and do that, I've shut up from being shouty or loud or quiet. I've done nothing. And for those two or three seconds, the audience is getting something different from my presentation. And I do think you have to take people on a bit of a journey and not, not know where you're going to go next. Uh, I appreciate you coming along today, Lee, because you've actually seen that. I just do it. And I, and I tweak it. And I do things with it. And that story is 99% the same. And I'll, I'll add a little something in one day. Um, 
just to keep myself on my toes, to be fair. You've got hundreds of stories, so I guess you, you mess yeah. about. So two quick things then. Yes. Uh, one is your slides. Yes. Oh, no. So let's talk about slides. I mean, I don't, I'm not big on, I don't do all the slide stuff like I used to, but I'm still interested in them and I still try and use them well. And I noticed that the, you had a, you had a maximum of one word on a slide and everything else was photographed. Oh, I apologize for that. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't <laughs> one have. Word. One word. I shouldn't have. Uh, yeah. Everything was a photograph. Yeah. Everything. Everything's either a photograph or a video. I didn't do any video footage today. It was all photographs. And this is the thing. As speakers, if you're going to deliver a message, deliver stories, and people say, oh, where do you get your stories from? Flipping heck, just open your eyes. Yeah. Go on the bus, get on the train, walk around the park, go into a business, book a night in a hotel. There are stories, hundreds of them everywhere. We're just not in tune with finding them. So when it stops you in your tracks, grab it, and potentially... Look, I have 300 slides. I have some in there that I've never used. But all of a sudden, the Association of Asbestos UK calls me. I went, oh, I've just got the slide for you. You know, there'll be something that's very... Yeah. But I've got my A-game slides that I'll use for the likes of a big keynote today. But it's all images that I've took. Everyone. I do not want to see a photograph of Elon Musk's flipping car going into space. Why? Because... Another 300 speakers around the world has that. I do not want to see a, a, a picture of anything that I've seen. Why? Because you're just regurgitating old news. I'll watch Have yeah. I Got News For You on Friday and save myself the trip. <laughs> yeah, so just taking the photographs just, just made the slides come alive. And the last thing yes. is authenticity, right? At no point did I think that you were pretending on stage, because I know you off stage a bit. I just thought, that's just Jeff. And that takes quite a bit of confidence. Were you always just Jeff Ram on stage, or did you have to actually develop that? You're asking a bloke from the no- a bloke from the northeast is asking a bloke from the northeast <laughs> if he can be himself. And and no- Lee, I, honestly, mate, I don't, I'm ready. I, I do not know how to answer that. I honestly, I'm just like, I am me, right? And I'll I'll be I'm 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 pretty daft and silly and stupid. So we we had this wonderful client meal last night, and I must have spent an hour and a half. We're all got everybody half of the table talking about 1970s TV shows. Uh, knowing the other side of the table, we're talking about Brexit and and what China <laughs> what China's doing. And I say I'm just I just have fun. I'm daft and and, and I don't even know the answer, Lee. The all oh, fair enough. Are you authentic? Am well, I? I don't know. Well, you just I, mean, I think the idea is just being yourself, whereas other speakers, sometimes they feel like they've got to pretend to be someone else. They feel like they've got to be more professional. They feel like oh. they've got to, whereas I just thought, you know, people just book you as Jeff Ram. They just book me as Lee Jackson. Yeah. That's what I've learned. So maybe because you don't know it, maybe that's, maybe that's part of the thing. You don't, you don't bother about it. I, look, I am what I am. I put my stuff out. I like to have fun. I've got material and content that's going to help genuinely help your business. I'm proud as punch when I get clients coming back to me with the results that they've achieved. And I'll share that with the audience, as you saw today. I just, this is, I dreamt 10 years ago of becoming a professional speaker, and I didn't know if it was possible. I'm living this bizarre dream of traveling, speaking, having fun, picking up stories, and eat, sleep, drink repeatedly. And I, I just, I, I just have a laugh. I want to, I want, I want to provide for my family and kids. And I want to see different places, but I also want to plumb and enjoy it. We we are, as the speaker before us today said, we're here for a very short space of time. Don't waste it. Yeah, yeah. 
So that's great. So how do people find out a bit more about Jeff Rand? What's your website and your Twitter and all that hoo-ha? It's a very difficult website, this one. It's jeffram.com. <laughs> and Jeff with a G. With a G, yes. So, yeah, it's the proper way. G-E-O-F-F-R-A-M-M.com. So that's the mothership. Go to the mothership. All the stuff's on there, video links and all that type of stuff. Jeff Ram on YouTube. There's over 120 videos there. Help yourself. You get to see some of the stories that I talk about and and, and what have you. So Twitter, you know, the usual stuff. Right. If, I can, if I can help, please do. And uh, thank you. Thank you so much for for this uh, artillery-fested uh, interview. Very random interview. So, yeah. So big thanks to Jeff Ram and uh, uh, for being here today uh, on Get Good at Presenting the Podcast. And we'll see you next time from a very noisy Royal Armouries. So a big thanks to Jeff Ram for all of his help and flexibility on that rather random interview. And also, of course, to the wonderful Phil Hesketh. Uh, I hope you got loads of great stuff out of it. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave me a five-star review if you can, just to get the word out there as I want as many people as possible to hear this podcast and so we can all get good at presenting together. Don't forget to also that Get Good at Presenting is a book which came out in January of 2018. So the book is available at everywhere where you buy books, on Kindle, on Apple Books, in a real book format, in that old-fashioned paper way. It's available everywhere. Amazon's a good place to try. Or go to leejackson.org forward slash shop, and you'll see all of my books and resources there, and you can get them in any format from there. So I hope you enjoy the resources. I'll see you next time. Please do get in touch if you want anything particular uh, for us to say and deal with on this podcast. Love to hear from you. It's leejackson.org forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening to the Get Good at Presenting podcast with your host, Lee Jackson. If you'd like to know more about Lee's work as a motivational keynote speaker and presentation coach, visit his website at leejackson.biz. That's leejackson.biz.